Welcome to the Software People Stories. I'm Shiv. I'm Chitra. And I'm Gayatri. We bring you interesting untold stories of people associated with the creation or consumption of software-based solutions. You'll hear stories of what worked and sometimes what didn't. You will also hear very personal experiences and insights that would trigger your thoughts and inspire you to do even greater things. You got to meet Naresh Bansal. He talks about lot of decisions he's made through his stellar career right at the start of why he chose engineering to why he chose private sector or how he decided to go to US or start his own firm. He's the co-founder of Clito.com and here his pearls of wisdom that we narrate among ripples of laughter. Welcome to the Software People Stories, Naresh. Thank you. Glad to be here. For our listeners, would you like to introduce yourself in your words? Sure. Myself, Naresh Bansal, have been doing software engineering since 90s. To be precise, since 1990. Uh, did that for 20 years and later decided to move to a different business, which is a little more IT-enabled services rather than doing the hardcore uh, software. Nevertheless, we still do the software because to support the IT enabled services, again, we have to do the software. But my journey has been in different areas, which could be system software, all that we have seen since 1990. This world has changed drastically where internet was not available and now internet is available at phenomenal speed in my house itself. So in terms of how mainframe transformed into individual machines or the Google changing that small nodes, computing power getting aggregated, all that we have seen. And we have seen this transformation possibly, I don't know, it is still could be possible, but we've seen a huge change in terms of the computers and software. We are that generation which did not have much opportunity in India and we saw it all happening in front of our eyes. And we have been part of that journey and it feels great to be part of that journey. I'm so happy that you're talking about the various segments in which we have worked, right? Uh, when mm -hmm. I joined the workforce, I think it was like this huge desktops and uh, ha having a desktop at home was an unheard of. We had to struggle to have a desktop at home. Now we have the uh, palm of our hands. The computer in palm is actually much faster and bigger than or the processor wise or the speed is in terms of the storage. Probably the, we had the access to the computers. So I remember I started working with a company called PCL, Protect Computers Limited. And my uh, first job was to support slash uh, provide the marketing in terms of the product that we were marketing. It was a hardware based company. So we were uh, kind of taking the different uh, kind of computers which were supposed to be the state of the art computer at that point of time to different uh, corporates and hoping to get a business. The computer that we were putting together was 386 having few MB of RAM and the storage maybe having 25 30 gb of storage basically we were putting the disks which were full of rack of the disk 
and that's how we are selling that computer. So now all that is available in the palm. That's true. Okay, how I ended up in computer science? That's an interesting story. I got admitted into engineering college in 1986, and prior to that, that's when Rajiv Gandhi became prime minister, and he was talking about computers is the next thing. We should focus on computers. <laughs> I said, sure, we'll do that. So I decided in my family, everyone was going to go going to civil engineering because that's what the thing happening at that point of time. And uh, nobody would have heard about what computer can or cannot do, or nor I understood what computer can or can cannot do. And or even for that matter, how it looks what capability or transformation it can carry out. Still, I believed in Rajiv Gandhi and said, I'll take the computer. So that's how I ended up. It's almost convincing whole of my family, no, nothing doing. Whatever happens, happens. We'll figure out later. If it works, works, and doesn't work, doesn't work. Basically, I got into computer science. Related story to that is, when graduated and campus were happening. So before that, even before that, we did not see computer in our college for a year. I did not know how it looked like. And those computers when finally showed up, they were with floppy drives, where is the big computer, big monitor, a mini computer in lab, but those were small capacity and only few, maybe 20, 30 computers in the lab. Then eventually we figured out, okay, what the compiler operating system, this, that. But even when we graduated, there was no environment in India for the computer software. It was primarily few companies who were doing the software. For software, we were still dependent on US and everything and everywhere else. There were few companies who were doing the software like SoftTech, etc., were building compiler, etc. But there was no large-scale industries, and Infosys has done a great job popularizing that. So the opportunity, which didn't exist, almost didn't exist, to now it's a huge transformation that has happened. So another decision, so this was the first decision I took that I'll, I'll go to the computer science. In spite of everyone in my family saying, I take the civil engineering, uh, that would be the best thing to do. Then when I graduated, placement happening, I got two jobs. In one job was government office and it was called assistant manager of, I was getting a job of assistant manager right away. Okay. Salary was almost the double of the other job, okay. which was a private job. And designation was management training. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I still decided to go to the private job, which was calling me the management training, giving the half of the government job. <laughs> but the growth might have been tremendous, right, Naresh? Tremendous, right. So, so these two decisions, I'm just trying to define these two decisions that probably changed the course of my path. And also your parents investing in your education, right? Coming mm -hmm. from the rural UP and uh, walking uh, so many. Uh, can you talk about that story from a schooling perspective, Naresh, if you don't mind? Sure. Uh, basically, uh, I, I come from uh, Mujafanagar. There is a town called Mujafanagar, a district called Mujafanagar in Western UP. 
and this uh, I born brought up in a village called Salto, which is very small town village. There are no major road passes through it, and you have to walk maybe four or five kilometers to get to the any bus stand and things like that. So it was in a corner on the bank of a river, and there was no bridge, and therefore you end up everything ends basically. So in this village, there was not much of education, or people don't go to education thinking as it's good for the career. They get there because they want to become the constable or they want to become want to go to military and they want to pass the 10th or 8th and then they can go on to the army. My father and my mother of course, well in fact my mother never went to school, she, she was uh, illiterate but she can do better math than me even today. So see if they kind of thought that education is the thing. They took everything whatever they have and decided to educate all of us, not just me. Uh, we are five brothers and one sister. So they decided to put all that what they got into the education. And I think their foresightedness helped all of us. We became, uh, some of us became a doctor, some few became engineers, uh, few became MBAs and things like that. All of us, I think that was their foresight, foresightness which helped us to move forward in the life. What a fantastic story, Naresh. It not just shares your grit and uh, determination to succeed, but also ability to invest and have that foresightness to for your parents, right? Who have been from a farming kind of a background. That is amazing story, Naresh. So, so when decision came uh, to my daughter going to India or going to the US, my wife reminded me, hey, your father invested in education. So doesn't matter, don't count the money here. <laughs> Make the decision what the better decision for in the long run. And that's how she ended up with Purdue University. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Thank you so much, Naresh. I think that is a very, very endearing story of generations of investing in education and in life itself. Thank you very much. So true, Naresh. So you started uh, your career in India and you moved to US after, right after that. Uh, can you talk about why you moved to US and what made you come back to India? Okay. So there is a story though in this one and I'll keep it brief because usually I take long time to narrate that story. Actually, I never wanted to go to US. So I happened to be working late. I usually used to work late till 11 or 12 in the midnight every day. And one evening I got a call from HCL saying, hey, do you want to go to US? I said, no, I don't want to go to US. Then this guy said, okay, doesn't matter. Why don't you share your resume and you can decide later if you want to go or not. I said, if I don't want to go it, why you are asking me to go to it? Then he said, eventually he convinced me saying, while you're going back home, just slip your resume underneath the door because nobody will be there at that point of time. I said, fine, I'll do that. So I went uh, to another place and I slipped the, my resume underneath the door. Next day I got a call and saying, hey, your appointment letter is ready. Wow. <laughs> okay. That quick. <laughs> that quick, no interview, nothing, no written test, nothing. 
and uh, your appointment is ready and why don't you go to us next week i said i don't want to go to us why you are saying so he said doesn't matter take your appointment later and you can decide whether you want to go or not i went home taking that appointment letter told my family hey somebody is asking me to go to us and here it is and then everyone was after me why you don't want to go to the us so finally i decided to go to us <laughs> that's how then at that of time that point of time hcl was sending people on b1 uh, visas to start with and then eventually they will convert to the h1 so they asked me to go to chennai to get the my visa stamping done and uh, i went to this consulate the big queue and i never seen that kind of crowd before for <laughs> waiting outside and eventually i managed to get there and then uh, this lady which was interviewing me said there not enough documents and she sent me back so i came back i was happy that naturally i don't want to go to us it's happening i don't have to worry about fine good so week later they again said why don't you go again we have completed that paperwork whatever they wanted okay i went again i took the air india flight which started here 11 flight was scheduled for 10 usually will start 1 am in the morning got to chennai and by the time it was 4 430 and i knew that there will be a queue so directly in is going to hotel directly went to the consulate and then again went to the queue. i went to the consular and she said this was the same consular and she said still i'm not granting the visa because i need more paper i was much more happy again <laughs> <laughs> and i knew that after two times so the third time usually they don't grant visas and so i was completely happy saying it happened what i wanted month later hcl said no no let's try one more time go there same process happened went to the consular the same lady again and she said you are back i said yes i am back she remembered my face somehow and said okay go and deposit the fee oh my goodness <laughs> i may have not narrated this story to you before but that's what actually happened wow and amazing and then i ended up quitting my current job and decided to move on so that's how i went to the us so in first place if i was not interested to go there it's not that i didn't like it i enjoyed it it was a fun i moved around i stayed in san jose i stayed in new york i stayed in boston i stayed in portland i moved around made friends met people and it was all fun but at the end of the day i said why don't i should go back so i decided to come back nevertheless and i don't know if i narrated this story also before to you or not hcl was in a business of outsourcing the people basically the taking the trunky projects and outsourcing the people okay so i was working with a company called semantic and semantic offered me the job they said the team that you are working with will make you the manager of that okay the okay. salary that you are drawing today will double that <laughs> okay <laughs> then i said no i still want to go back <laughs> so i think it's little bit in my nature to be uh, to be more instantaneous making the decision and i did that and i decided to move back here in india there was no specific region as you were looking for 
that uh, why I went there, why I came back. I went there just because, possibly you can say, because I had a social pressure say, to earn some money and came back because I wanted to come back. So that, that is a very important one, right? I, I, that was the time when there was a demand for uh, talented people to be in the U.S. And uh, as you narrated, right, I also realized that the time that you came back was also a time of a reverse brain drain, where large Indian companies were set up and product companies were set up. And you also had set up one of those largest network management uh, systems in uh, India. No, this is not the time I'm referring to. This is the 95, actually. Oh, this is not referring to Cisco systems. This is not 2000 yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I see what happened. 95 yet. Okay. So, part of the region was, and then it might be just be part of my fear or whatever it is, saying, I kind of said, I want to get married at this point of time. Okay. And I don't want the girl to think that she has right to be in the US all along. So, I want to get go back and get married. And set a condition saying I'm here. So that's what you got right now. So, so decided to come back. Came back for a month, uh, just took a rest. And then I started to look out for a job. The company HCL had a good office in, in here in Gurugaon. So when they, they said, okay, you can you, you start the job as soon as you can. I also got an offer, a couple of four more offers actually, and all of them were similar nature being the team lead, including the Hughes, River and Software Group and the USHA software, basically. I think that's what it was. Then I decided to join the Hughes, Hughes HSS or uh, Hughes Software Systems or Redisant or you want whatever you want to call it. About a month later, I realized they were moving to Gurgaon and I was moving to Noida, which happened to be a good 50 kilometers apart. So eventually I decided to ditch that because to start with, when I started my career in 90, I was staying in Rohini and going to far places and I've seen how much time it takes to get from one end to another end of Delhi. So I decided to move on and join a company called Reward Software Group, which was into business of doing the networking softwares. It, in fact, mobility software, and the company was innovative enough. Whatever we see on the phone happening today, we were trying to do back then. Oh, wow. Okay. We were trying to make the mail clients. We were trying to make the database access. We were trying to create a productive tools while for the workforce, which is mobile. Though phones were bigger and uh, larger in size and the devices were bigger, uh, cap uh, capacity was less, but that's what we're trying to achieve. We were doing some uh, embedded software and telecom software and things like that. So did that and meanwhile got married too and then decided to go back again. <laughs> so that's how I ended up with Cisco Systems. Awesome, Naresh. So uh, what is your current role, Naresh? What, what are you doing now? Well, just to complete briefly before that, so yeah. as you said, uh, I worked there in network management there, then came back in Bangalore, did the network management there till 2005. Decided to come back to North India once again, start working on uh, the stacks and things like that for telecom and the gateways, the vice gateways and things like that. 
here and then uh, joined a company which was doing a vas basically the you hear the ring back tone the songs and all that kind of a thing that's what i was doing for a while then we saw a problem saying hey documentation digitization of documents and safe keeping is a challenge for individuals you don't find it when you need it uh, be it your medical record be it your warranty card be it your any other records property documents your education documents or anything like this and then we said maybe this is a problem space that we want to attack so we along with two other partners we started this company called cleator next gen paper souls and private limited which was set out to do the document management for individuals okay and uh, doing that for one and one and a half years we were looking for the funding nevertheless uh, no vc was willing to fund because similar project was not happening elsewhere in the world and they were more looking for a the project which is already successful elsewhere they would like to fund that so eventually we didn't got the funding and any consumer based product always takes lots of money to publicize it uh, mark digital marketing marketing hoarding paper tv or whatever it needs to be done that we said we will not be able to carry out and there were two choices either close the shop or look for alternative so while we were doing this marketing and interacting with the people people were also saying hey you are trying to do with individuals but the problem is also very acute for corporates that's where we decided to pivot ourselves and do the corporate document management which is as a end to end service which would uh, uh, provide them the categorization digitization indexing physical storage of the document all that will be provided and software it will be available as software as service so that's what we started to do and that's what i'm doing till now oh wow <laughs> amazing narish you actually rode the wave of digital wave is it <laughs> Yes, in fact, uh, even before uh, Modi ji was talking about digital digitalizations, etc., we were trying to do that, and I think the whole India would benefit immensely with this wave of digitalizations because in pandemic that we have seen that it's not always paper will be in front of you. You have to work from home. You have to work from the remote office. You have to work from other office or outside country. and therefore all the information should be available accessible all the time in addition to that uh, this is definitely tangible that you can see it other factors are probably the environment trees not getting cut and the environment is better and things like that so so that that's the motive that we started with we are glad we have a good number of customers corporate big customers now and we are helping them when you spoke about pivoting from Uh, individual customers to corporate right has there been any other uh, pivots that you had to do during this uh, startup not any other pivot so far because primarily the cost of running a project which is b2b in nature is usually less and it starts giving the revenue much sooner 
it might take longer to get as big as consumer or may not get as big as consumer but it's actually more predictive and it starts business starts happening uh, right away okay. therefore uh, we have been lucky that we don't have to pivot again oh, fantastic so clito is right now across uh, india and uh, globally in asia no it's primarily india okay it's uh, it's primarily india uh, we do serve certain companies which is outside india that's primarily because uh, their office if some corporate office is here in india and they do have a office outside india as well and they want to get that also managed so we do support that we don't have a office outside india uh, in fact we have only one office here in gurgaon and we bring the document physical documents right here we digitize and do all processing over here and store here in ncr area very very different uh, sort of uh, work that you are doing compared to what you are doing in uh, technology right you are actually using and leveraging technology to the max <laughs> creating to leveraging true <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, right now as a co-founder how does it feel different Um, you've been a, a technical manager. You've been a individual contributor, right? How mm. has that changed uh, your perspective? See, I think as probably I mean you yourself have experienced while doing the coding, you have a view of your modules. True. When you become a manager, you have a view of uh, basically your applications or your area. And when you're heading a vertical, then you have a view of it vertical. but how do you put the whole puzzle together it's not about just creating something but it should help and how the whole system helps your customers basically is understanding that here you get to involved in all aspects of the businesses whether it's sales or marketing or finance understanding the balance sheets uh, understanding how what business is going how to pay the salaries admin worry about uh, do you have toilet clean and safe and uh, if covid is coming what all need to be done so you end up especially in a small startup setup like ours most of the decision end up coming to your table therefore you end up taking all those decisions so it's it's basically it's similarly it's very similar to even in technical ladder as you keep on growing you become more like a general manager right where uh, you are more involved into day to day aspect would uh, leave the promotions and uh, team building and how to acquire this how to hire how to fire how to train how to retain all that aspects that's what becomes eventually so it's more or less the same but now we are also involved in other aspect of it like how to grow the business how to create a marketing how to create basically the brand what all attributes are there how to build the organization all that is still there overall for engineering so though one distinct difference is in this setup where it's more constrained in terms of the resources and you have to do your best within those limitations whereas in a big corporate and when you grow up basically you have more resources and you can plan it better very true in fact right one of the things that was i was thinking he has a founder mindset right you always have to think long term while as a manager in a cor- large corporate you may be more tempted to look at Tech this quarter 
right? Or this quarter or this year. <laughs> That's true. You have to be you have to be more visionary in terms of the your vision, and that vision is the one who becomes the carrier. of the whole organization whereas uh, it's not about delivering one delivery it's about delivering the organization and you start worrying about all your investors all your customers it's not just one dimension of the customer but in terms of your investors employees government environment all that becomes your customer basically you have to figure out how to manage that effectively though at times they may be pulling you in different directions true true that's what i was thinking when you're talking about environment and resources constraint as well as uh, shareholders it's like how do you really balance all of them right uh, yeah that's that's uh, that's simple story and at times it's basically it's part of the job because when person is single it's it's like easy to manage when gets married then become two times and when kids comes along then become three so people manage that <laughs> similarly we also grow up and start managing all that aspects and one mantra for that simple mantra is thick skin that's what i believe and then as long as you can deflect at times and get angry at times and ignore and and move on and see what value it provides or doesn't provide take it what's right for you at that point of time and move on so that's how you manage very nice right in fact one of the things that i remember about you is the your keen uh, sense of humor you know able to crack have a and make it more lighter any of these conversations and uh, keep it cool yeah by nature i'm a little more serious guy <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little more serious guy, but yeah, yeah, it's it's also like uh, seriousness also catches with the age, basically. Oh. And whichever basically can keep themselves more jolly, and that's better way to do it things. But effectively, is you can't do much. It will happen the way it will happen. But you just have to do the best out of the situations. and then move on you're actually you're almost uh, giving me and uh, giving a mantra of bhagavad gita do your best and let the <laughs> outcomes just come out uh, very interesting narrate so uh, what are your keen sense of passions that you are right now pursuing in terms of learning uh, or in terms of uh, exploring a new dimensions is there anything that you are trying to explore now that keeps you awake at night for example uh <laughs> basically at this point of time i think as uh, as would many people get into is look at the project and how to keep that project going and whatever it takes to do literally whatever it takes to make that happen so so that's what is more important when i started working i used to feel that engineers are more superior than anyone else but over the time i realized that whole engine doesn't work with one piston it has to all of them has to work together in a well oiled machinery fashion then only it will deliver and therefore how to keep the organization intact how to make them learn move forward how to basically make yourself redundant so that they can shoulder the responsibilities 
and rather you can focus more in terms of long term thinking so those are the challenges that any any time basically you'll find those challenges anybody whichever whichever how big is the manager is will find those challenges how to make the organization function like a well oiled machinery actually you're speaking more as a founder and general manager than uh, only as an engineer technical aspects of it <laughs> it's so nice to hear you <laughs> technical aspect in fact i stopped working technically as such quite long back so i have been doing this general management or management since last 20 or 25 years now so therefore uh, that's what will will probably i know now so uh, i realized that uh, given a problem and if i have a time i still lose the track of time that's a technical problem okay <laughs> very cool i, I remember those late nights that uh, we have slogged together to solve a problem irrespective of what it takes like, yeah so so the one thing which still gives me kick and where i lose the tra- track of the time is a technical problem it's very true that sometimes we engineers think that we are the center of the universe and uh, forget that customers actually the center of the uh, any universe right <laughs> and uh, we end up uh, over engineering or over uh, thinking things than what it has to be isn't it absolutely <laughs> absolutely and i agree with you 100% that we as engineer we are trained to be problem solver what problem solver the problem which is in our mind rather than thinking somebody else problem and i think i have this uh, this request or advice to most of the people saying hey look at your customer even even not only customer look at the society as a whole try to solve that problem if you solve the so- problem of a society it will help the customer because society customer is also part of the society and it will help you as well because uh, you are also part of the society so don't look at just the uh, the financial angle of the customer or trend in the last 50 years we have seen deterioration in terms of whether it's air water or rivers are bad and so everything around us is bad we are overutilizing the environment and if we can do something about the environment saving the environment through our technical skills of course that will be a great service very well put narish in fact uh, you read my mind i was going to ask you any uh, thoughts that you want to give to our listeners your bang on to say hey think about your surroundings your society as a whole and make that benefit you almost read my mind uh, you spoke about young uh, professionals what they can focus on what i was asking is what is that thought that you want to leave with the uh, listeners any story that you want to relate to them sure i do have a small thought that sometime comes to my mind uh, and many times comes to my mind there is a dual problem being faced by our young engineers one side they are pushed away from the uh, technical aspects because it's more like a solving the business problem and rightly said yeah business solution and business problem should be solved that's more productive rather than and then it's again goes back to saying hey it's not the you are not satisfying yourself you need to satisfy something else you are here for something else 
but same time i'm finding young engineers getting away of the understanding what's happening underneath and that becomes a problem for them to solve the problem at times even though your focus is to solve the business problems and issues like memories or cpu compute power or or the network bandwidth is not a challenge or not a big challenge anymore which used to be very big challenges uh, for us you still need to understand the underneath what is happening what's going on how it's happening understand what threads synchronizations understand databases how the table what table and what the normalization how should do it all that aspect to understand what algorithm you should pick up even if you don't have to free the memory and memory is available in abundance still worry about it saying what data structure is the best in this situations finding people are getting away and just using right of the code just putting the code together which uh, resolve the problem then nothing wrong in it i'm not saying anything try to understand the little bit about how it gets delivered as well you're talking about fall in love with the code fall in love with the technical craftsmanship at an overall basis fantastic anarish thank you so much for your time i enjoyed talking to you a lot and i'm sure uh, listeners also going to enjoy this conversation thank you very much thank you for having me at this podcast Thanks Siddharth for the music and Malavika for promoting the software people stories. If you like this episode, please subscribe on your favorite podcast client and spread the word in your network. If you'd like to share your story, contact us at podcast@pm-powerconsulting.com. This podcast was created on Hubhopper Studio. If you wish to start your own podcast for free, visit www.hubhopperstudio.com Hubhopper is India's leading podcast creation platform Start your podcast with Hubhopper Studio and you get your voice heard across platforms like Spotify, Ghana, Google Podcasts, Wink Music and more Click on the link in the episode description or visit www.hubhopperstudio.com